And uh, where are we? We're in this fresh new studio, eh, today, doing our podcast. We're pretty lucky, actually. Podcast New Zealand in yeah. Auckland. Big, yep. big ups to them. Yep. And um, as usual, I've got questions, and it's really <laughs> good. And thank you for flying up to Tamaki Makoto from Wellington, because we like to do this kanohi ki te kanohi, eh, face-to-face. Can't do it any other way, eh? It wouldn't be right. I mean, I'm sure some people can, but, man, I'm going to be in the same space with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not that talented. <laughs> But we know some stuff, and we're very, we very. Think we do. We yeah, think yeah. We do. <laughs> and uh, our podcast, um, uh, I've got questions, and it's been great because I've got lots of questions. Um, there's been a lot of corridor around the traps about our our uh, rangatahi, and wait for it, ram raids. Mm. What the? Hey, what's happening? Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, yeah, and also when media jumps onto something, but they are—they're really scary, and I know that they're doing a lot of damage to businesses and stuff like that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, so when we caught it all today, I am talking about thinking about the individual person and the journey they've been on. I am not dismissing any of the damage that they've done, and oh, for the, sure. right because I get that that's happening. But we don't change the future by punishment and. Locking them up and stuff like that. Oh, That's hang on, the, hang yeah. on. Where did you get that flaky <laughs> idea? From? We just got to lock these fellows up. Ask the taxpayer to pay another hundred thousand dollars a year for the prison cell. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, um, what do they call jails? Well, what's the actual sort of term? I'm, I'm, I'm having a mind blank. Um, correction facilities. Correction facilities, but nobody gets corrected. <laughs> Nobody gets well. I must say, there, I, I and, and again, there are a number, a small number of cases where I've seen amazing change, mm. but that required a, an individual to really connect with an individual. Right. The system itself is not set up for correcting people. Right. Yeah. I get yeah. that, but there has been, and and I do work a lot with corrections, and the majority of people within the correction system want to do the right thing. Yep. But again, the system itself is not allowing. For correction, yeah, um, yeah. So just in in that space, well, yeah. When you read, I mean, I I don't comment very often um, on it's these spaces, <laughs> but man, I, sometimes I read because I really love to get a gauge of, of of what people are thinking, what people are doing, and the comments that people are putting down are the majority of it is we should be punishing harder. If only we punished harder, yeah, these kids would stop. And it just really hurts my brain when I hear that because it's not going to work and all those people are still going to think that's and, – and, and what it's doing is making us more angry and more separated and more judgmental. Yep. And that's actually the opposite to what we need to do, um, which is quite crazy, really. Punish harder. That's a real strong statement, eh? Because mm. they used to, um, you know, hang people. Behead people, burn people at the stake. Let's be real; they still do in some places. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, and yeah. and and the track that hasn't changed anything. <laughs> mm. So what are we learning? But okay, I'm not going to ask you that question. If I've got questions, <laughs> why have we seen this increase in this sort of um, behaviour? In your opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> and well, there's a lot of factors that are bringing us to this point. One of the factors is what we talk about a lot, and it's the fact that our young people are growing up in a more disconnected society in a generalised way. Um, less people around them, less mentors, oh. less people, making them feel um, valued. And, and, and our education system is set up for those who do really well in maths and reading, 
um, we're reducing the amount of arts and hands-on things. I mean, metalwork and, and woodwork and weaving and um, the, I, th- I was thinking the other day, gymnastics, we're not doing that anymore. We're not doing uh, no, swimming dancing, pools at school. no swimming pools <laughs> at school. Do you see? So we're, we're becoming more and more focused on the green brain, the academics there, which is great for kids who are good at that. That is fantastic, right? But what about our kids who aren't successful there? Right. So they turn up to school every day and they're failing. They're not, they're, they're not good enough. Yeah, because that system isn't working for them. Because they can't do the maths and the English. But what they can do is they can build motors or they can, oh. um, you know, swim faster than some of the other kids. They'll find somewhere, a niche somewhere where they go, hey, I'm pretty good at that. Where are we allowing through the system our kids to find somewhere that they're good, that they love, that and they enjoy. And honour it, eh? Because yes. I suck at that stuff. <laughs> You've been to my house. Like, over lockdown, I said to Deb, I'm going to build a garden shed. You are not building anything. Because, And when I look at other people who have those skills, I go, whoa. Mm. You know, but they can't do, you know, they would struggle in my situation. Yes. But to honour the fact that if you can do something well, um, which is needed, people think, oh, we don't need that. We need that. We need sculptures. We need hmm. people who can fix my chainsaw. We need all those things. And we should honour that as well. But also if I want to go out to work, that's fine. And I do sculpture on the weekend because it what makes me happy and it's what brings me joy. And, and, and what I want to see is more identification of what brings us joy, what brings what makes us happy and, and who makes us happy. And so we get some people in from the community and they come in and they go, oh, Guitar, man, you're a really good guitar. You've just naturally picked the stuff up. Let's jam together. Mm. And that person comes in once a week, and this kid looks forward to seeing this person once a week, and they feel valued and they feel connected. And 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 I was just saying this to someone yesterday, and I mean it in the most respectful way. We've got to realise as parents, especially when our kids are adolescents, we're not as important anymore <laughs> and I mean we, we are that underlying anchor sitting back we've got to be there for our kids but when I say to my son or my daughter hey I'm really proud of you they go thanks mom because I have mm. to be right mm. when somebody else says I'm proud of you some other person who doesn't have to they come back and they go oh guess what such and such said this and I'm like I've been saying that for ages but we need other people in the community. We need other people validating and seeing and recognising and, and, and enjoying being with Love our it. kids, right? So I want to ask you, these kids that are out there doing these ram raids, doing these behaviours, do you think that on their journey somewhere they've felt that joy, they've felt that connection, they've felt someone says, man, I like you. Yeah. Wow, you're good at that. Yeah. Holy moly, I couldn't build like that. I couldn't put that together. I couldn't write a song, and you've just written a song without. Yeah. Do you think that along their journey somewhere, and even if their whanau said it, their immediate whanau, that's good. I'm not saying don't do it. Keep but doing do it. Keep see, doing yep, it. Keep doing it. But somebody else sort of needs to say it. Yeah. Do you think they've had that? Do you think they know that someone cares and someone knows who they are? And my belief is the majority of them, don't so they find that together. They find that with each other. They're getting a buzz out of this stuff. They are getting this this feeling of satisfaction, feeling of joy, feeling unity. of unity. It's it's there because it's not anywhere else. Yeah, and we you can know, talk about gaming how that and a little bit later. But this is the first element that I think we need to understand. The other thing is property. Okay, 
other people's property. I'm mm-hmm. a West Auckland boy. <laughs> And um, and it used to be called Chatatu North when I was a kid. And they now call it the Peninsula. People, out, I'm sorry, people outside of uh, Auckland, but um, there's a pride in that place, eh? Because we belonged to that place. We belonged to the rugby league club. Mm-hmm. We uh, went to school there. We were some of the early families went there, and that mall or that shopping centre or that grocery shop um, was our place. Right. Okay, and we wouldn't damage it. But if you disconnect tamariki or young people from an ownership or if you as a community disconnect them, that means that's not their community. That's not my more. I don't give a stuff, bro. Mm-hmm. You know? They'll have insurance anyway. So they'll have yeah, insurance, yeah, they'll yeah, have insurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's that whole, that's that thing you're talking about. It's that uh, being valued and being part of something bigger that's just yourself, eh? Mm. Then you respect other things. And that word respect, and as you're saying that, that's that word respect. And we often will say, you need to respect the mall, the space. Yeah. Here, right? Well, how do we learn anything? If you haven't learned a language, you can't learn a language. I, I, I you know, I can't speak um, very good because um, Māori because I haven't been around it enough and, and learned to learn a little bit but not enough. How would I learn it? I would be exposed to it. Yeah, stick and with I would me. practice it, right? Stick yeah, with me. we get in there. Yeah, of course we are. But Again, can I ask you if you feel that these young people on their journey through life have felt respect, have been modelled respect, that true respect where I show you respect because I value you yeah. and watch how I respect my car, watch how I respect my mall. Yeah. And and, and again, we're busy and we are dislocating um, families from each other and we've got one person maybe who's modelling or two people who are modelling and they're busy and maybe they're under pressure and let's be honest, there's a lot of whānau at the moment and more and more that don't have a home and are being put from here to there to there to there. How can you respect your space yeah. when you don't have a space? Yeah, yeah. How do you learn that you value possessions? And you're exactly right. And when we start to put this in the bigger picture, I want people to ask when they see that young person who's done it, yes, it's easy to say, oh, they're naughty and they've done this and... Where Give them a good family? boot up the backside, mate. Yeah. yeah. And if we punish them harder, they'd stop. I want you to say when they make that decision to do it, it's all filtered through the their experiences through their life. Do I go and do a ram raid or not? Right? Mm. And that decision, there's so many um, variables there, but it's through your experience. And why wouldn't I? You t- tell me why not. You know, like, because what, someone cares about me? No. Uh, mm. You know, like, or, you know, or, or I've got respect. I've never been respected. Don't understand that. And I'm not saying... Nobody cares. Metaphors. Yeah. So, and and I was just telling you before, and it broke my heart when I was listening to national radio, and there was a, it was a little while ago about these ram raids. And there was about a 10 second, 15 second clip from a youth worker who had actually, I believe, been in contact with these kids. And he got a tiny soundbite. And, and in his soundbite, he said... These kids don't care if they die. Oh, wow. That's big. It hit me right in my heart. And it was like. So, this is a social worker? Or or, or somebody working at the cliff? I think he was a youth. I'm not sure. A youth worker, whatever. Okay, so he knew them, right? Yeah, yeah. He connected with them. And then his soundbite was gone. And then the rest of the um, section was people talking about why we need to punish them harder and and lock them up and stuff like that. And I wanted to hear from him and I wanted to hear what he had to say about these young people because that's going to change the perspective on how we see them. They don't 
care. And I'm not saying all of them, but what he had experienced, what he was saying is they don't care. Yeah. You can throw the book at them. Yeah. And they're like, carry on. Whatever. Carry on. Whatever, yeah. So how do we change that? We make them respect themselves. We make them feel like they're cared for. We make them feel connected because that's what changes yeah. their decision. And I know that's massive and it's like people going, oh, that's namby-pamby. They should No, actually, this is what we should be looking at right from birth, right from conception, right through life. How do we connect people and make people feel valued and respected because that's how we get that coming out the other end. Yeah, and it's an upstream solution to to the, to the ugliness that can happen to to these beautiful people, uh, to our society and all the rest of it. And that's why I'm so um, – and, man, as a parent, man, I've made some stuff-ups and I've got children to remind me of those stuff-ups. <laughs> but, you know, if I can get a pass, if it's like NCEA, if I can get a pass, I don't need a merit, I just want a pass. Uh, it just makes a huge difference. And I think about my life growing up in the 60s and 70s with parents who were not highly educated, with my mother at home, with a safe three-bedroom home out in the West West Auckland back blocks, mm-hmm. uh, with love, aroha, with a clear identity of who I was. I was a young Māori boy um, who didn't think he was better than anybody else but was, was reminded by his parents that he was as good as anybody who walked the planet mm-hmm. and who was loved. That's the result. And I still made mistakes. Mm. So I think about kids who didn't have what I had. Boy, how are they surviving, you know? How are they surviving? So I know you mentioned that it's a bit namby-pamby and tree-huggy and all the rest of it, but what we're doing ain't working Mm -hmm. at all. It's not. It's not. And and, and, and what is it? The definition of um, insanity is doing the same thing again and again, expecting a different outcome. And that's what we're doing. (laughs) Exactly. So I... And I know that lots of, I mean, actually probably nobody that listens to this podcast will be thinking like that, but I know there's lots of people out there going, no, that's just, you know, but actually I'm guessing people are listening to our podcast on the same, you know, waka as we are. And it's, and it's actually shifting that perception and saying, why do I think people are doing this? Not how do we punish after the model? How do we connect with these kids? And we do see change. We do see, um, and when we're talking about that corrections space, there was, um, you know, a whanau I'm very close with and there was a young man in prison and I, there's these scores that they get or something. But anyway, the score he had was basically saying he was guaranteed to re-offend, right? right, he, right it it right, was right. basically... High risk. Yep, it was... Yeah. He came out, he lived with them, they, they they adored him, they put up, he kept making mistakes. We all make mistakes. He kept making mistakes. They went back. He is now in a beautiful relationship. He is doing amazingly well. He's mentoring other people. He struggles. He yeah. will always struggle because yeah. he's got all that past. yeah. But that connection from that one whānau that just stuck with him and put so much energy into him, he's there. And that's, that's hard work. It is hard work. And expensive work. Well, they opened up their home, he's living there, they're feeding, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But all of that stuff, you to do that for everybody in our system, but the, that is correction. Do you know that is right. correction? And that's correction through love, aroha, acceptance of mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah. But if we had done that at... In the first three years, yeah, man, that's a heck of a lot easier than doing it with a twenty-one-year-old, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. And the other thing for me is um, when I observe some of these things in, in some of the work that I do, and I love this little phrase, is that a lot of people can't be it if they can't see it, and mm-hmm. if they've come from an environment where you know I was, 
you know, I was told by my father that, you know, you're going to be a rock and roll star one day, boy. Well, <laughs> that never happened. I've got the hair, oh, you're though. pretty close. You're <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. But There's you someone know, here once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know, um, creating those pictures, creating those dreams. So so what you're talking about is, is a group of people who, who don't have those dreams, eh? I don't care if I die. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. Whew, that's sad. And so we say if you don't do that, we'll punish you, and they go, carry on. Yeah. And we think that's going to change their... I don't want to pay for it either. Exactly. Can I say that? <laughs> Too late, I've said it. It costs us a fortune mm-hmm. to continue to do the wrong thing. It costs, you know, New Zealand taxpayers a fortune. I'd rather invest the money in the beginning. Mm. And when you look at... And I'm going to blow this trumpet for, for people like the Parenting Place or people who work in those areas, Plunkett and all those people, you know... When do you ever hear those sorts of people being mentioned even in the media? Mm. Never. Well, that's not true, but hardly ever. Yeah, and it's those it's those people who are there every day. So we call it dosing, relational dosing. Um, that's a Dr. Perry term. And it's yeah, hey, have you met this Dr. Perry? Because I think you've got a crush <laughs> on this dude. I have got an intellectual crush on this dude, 100 percent I have met him actually. I had lunch with him yeah. when he was in New Zealand. Is he tall, lucky. dark, and handsome like me though? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we won't go there. <laughs> um, you know why I adore the man is because despite he is a doctor and a paediatrician and a whatever, he still says there's things I don't know and he still asks questions because we yeah, ask questions. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I love his journey is because from everything he does, he still keeps discovering. Yeah. Whereas some people get to that point and they go, well, I know everything. So, right. you know, and he doesn't. And that's why I have massive respect yeah. for that man. A bit like the all yeah. black coach. Stop it. <laughs> We'll sorry. have that conversation later. Yeah, but yeah, I want yeah, to talk yeah. that because it's reactionary, right? Um, yes. Sorry, gangs. What about gangs? Well, and we've had that conversation on here before about our, um, the gangs and how that gives someone a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging and a sense yeah. of I'm I'm validated, I'm connected with people and people see me for who I am. And, yeah. do you know, and, and you can see that sort of a space, isn't it? But And, and, and we were talking and, and I think it's – I, I I have my two kids and Mason, my son, struggled at, at, at school for a while at, at um, college and really wasn't doing very well, um, was disconnecting. And, of course, the more that he gets annoying, the more the teachers don't want to spend time with him. Sure. They've got 20, 30 kids to look yeah. after every hour. So. I had one of those. Right, yeah. So he, he, he was disconnecting and his attendance was really low and I was struggling and I was, I was trying all these things and we tried to put in mentorships and we tried to put in this. Nothing was working. So in the end I said, right, Let's call it, and he left school just before he turned 16 because it was school holidays, and I've got him enrolled in the Institute of Sport. Mm. Um, now, he's only been going for um, a couple of days, but he absolutely loves it. It's a small class. The tutors know him. He's respected. He's known. They know who he is. He gets to be him. He gets to be, and it's the same tutors all day instead of chopping and changing between um, mm. classes. But um, what happened is when he was starting to slip, right, he was starting to slip, and he had some friends that – were involved with things, you know, like your gangs and like your um, those spaces. It was cool, it was fun, it was attractive. Mm. And I could see that. And as a parent, and I know you and I both talked, the energy we put in, the energy I've had to put in, what can I do, how can I do it? And he is doing really well now. Now, if I didn't have that energy, if I didn't have that energy, that ability to do it, the knowledge to do it, I am not convinced, but there's a high likelihood oh, that he yes. could have kept slipping along there. Oh, right? yes. And I'm a good parent. Yeah. I, I, I love my children. Yeah. I am trying to do the best. But if I didn't have the capacity, the energy, or the knowledge, mm. I wouldn't have been able to res- recognize what was happening, 
and give him some other options. It took a lot of energy, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking about people who have to work two jobs to pay rent in Auckland. Got it. They don't have the capacity. Some of our whānau that didn't do well at school or didn't fit, they don't have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, We can go through the whole list. It's not Mm -hmm. about making excuses, Pure. It's about recognising we all have a different journey. I mean, even for me, I get to hang around with people like you. I get to go to the parenting place. I talk to interesting people. I'm very, very lucky. You know, and that's why we do these podcasts to try and share some of this information to to help other people. So, as you say, if you didn't have the um, the uh, the knowledge and the capacity, um, your son could have been a ram raider. Yeah, let's uh, be honest. Okay. Do you see, he could have he could have yeah. slipped down to that thing. That's fun. That's exciting. That's something to do. That's something validating me. Do you see? I can see. That he could, and people are going, where are the parents? Yeah. Where are the parents? Yeah, they're at work, bro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm right here, but I'm not enough on my own. I need help, I need support, I need knowledge, I need people around me. Like you said, we, we collectively do this. And I have been able to do that, and I'm hoping that it's going to be successful. Yeah. But I'm realistic enough to know that my son could have carried on down there, could have carried on to that space, could have jumped in a car, could have gone and done one of those things, and people would have been looking at me going, you're a bad parent. I'm not. I'm a parent that hasn't been given the capacity, the knowledge, the support to do the most difficult job on earth. Raising a child. Raising a child. Mm. Raising a teenage child, right? And and, and a child. And why I want to say that is because all this judgment that comes down on people for our kids, where were the parents? They should have been taught respect. Um, Actually, there's a lot more factors in this that can increase the likelihood of our kids going that space. And the way we change that is connecting, is respecting, is jumping in and helping and all those sorts of things. And I just, we've got to flip this lens. Man, I don't mind the question. I don't mind the question, where were the parents? Because maybe the answers might enlighten some people about the fact that they don't have the capacity through all sorts of reasons so we can give them a a little bit of understanding. The, The real question I really do like is, man, I wonder what that whānau story is, mm, you know, yeah, and yep. it's about information. What happened to you? What happened, what to, happened you? to you? What happened to them? What happened to the whānau? What was their journey on the on this, you know, in this life Yeah, that meant we've resulted in this place? Yeah, yeah. Is communication, because that's a big part of what you're talking about, is communication now becoming live communication, like you and I talking here face-to-face, is that becoming an un- um, uncomfortable space for young people now? Yes, Do you it's, think? It's interesting, eh? And again, if we put that into that neuroscience space, if you don't, what was your words? If you don't see it, you don't do it? What did you say? Yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Okay, so if you can't see it, you can't be it. So when we learnt the first stages of learning to communicate was in the first three years. Yeah. Baby is constantly looking at your face We've got these mirror neurons in our brain at that stage, and they just they just copy everything. So when you smile, they smile. When you frown, they frown. And they're watching you all the time, and they're pinned to your face, and they're just soaking up all that knowledge about nonverbals and communication and stuff. Right? Then, then I'm not saying we don't do anything for the next few years, but there's not there's that practice. Then we hit adolescence, and the brain upgrades and says, now I have to really communicate because to protect my offspring. I have to form a community around me and I have to form this um, village to, mm. to raise my children. And so we upgrade this ability to read nonverbals, to take perspective, to read faces, all of those sorts of things. Now, if you're sitting on a device mm. 
or your parent is sitting on a device talking to you but not face-to-face. You know, like we can have a conversation with our kids and we're on the device and we go, yep, yep, or I'm on the computer and the kids will come in and they'll start talking and I've got, I'll go, oh, stop, stop, stop. I'll put the computer down, I'll close it. Mm. You need to start again because I wasn't listening to right. you. Right, let's start again. It's actually a parenting type. It's called the unplugged parent. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah, you're not Thank plugged you, in. My brainy mate, pure. <laughs> yeah. um, but do you see? And so, where do we learn that? And that's just all these massive amounts of moments that we just do all this interaction. So, what we know now is we communicate by text, we communicate um, by computer and email and stuff like that. So, we're not having as much practice at this. Kano to Kano, face-to-face, right? So if we don't learn it, we can't, you know, if yeah, we can't see it, it, we can't be it. Yeah. So, yes, we are finding there is less ability in some of our kids coming through because they haven't had that practice. Yeah. And that is massive because if you can't read someone's nonverbals, if you can't pick up those subtle things, yeah. then you can get it really wrong. Yeah, that's that whole emotional intelligence yes. thing, which is a real thing, eh? Yep. You know? It has to be learned. It has to be practised. It has yeah, to be yeah. experienced. COVID, um, you know, the C word, sorry, but COVID <laughs> impacting on, on. I, I want to connect COVID, well, I don't really want to, but does COVID connect with RAM rates? Well, it, it's, it's basically, we were going up in anxiety, we are going up in all these sorts of things, this disconnection, but st- COVID basically steroided the whole situation, right? So if you think about a young person who is a bit disconnected and if they haven't done well, but they were still going to school each day, the habit was you go to school each day, right? Not every, but you get there and the teachers sort of say hi, then all of a sudden they say don't come, you sleep in, it's easier not to go to school, then the next day you don't. And, and we've got lots of our, um, well, tamariki rangatahi at the moment who are not coming back totally. to school. Because it's we've lost that habit. And then, and I get that the schools need to do this, but even when uh, Mason was still at school, all of a sudden we get this email, oh, by the way, and I think it was on a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we're learning from home because we haven't got enough teachers for you. Because of COVID. Right. So yeah. all of a sudden our kids are like, oh, no, don't come in today. And you're like, oh, just a minute, I'm not connecting again. And so, so for kids who are connected, it potentially wasn't really a big thing. It made learning a little bit more difficult and they did just fine. But do you see these kids who were potentially on that road to disconnection, it would have just made it worse. And also let's just assume that there was some tension in the home, there was potentially lack of work, lack of money, all of the stress, so they would have been constantly in their activated stress response state. And this is where we can segue into the impact of online gaming. Ah, Right, so I know during lockdown, my kids were on their computers, their games significantly more than I would have liked yep. them to. Yep, pretty. But I can't say go down to the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. weren't allowed to go down to the park. Yeah, we were, we went out for one walk, you know, like, and so our kids were on computers for longer, and parents didn't have the capacity to play with their kids and think up adventures, especially with our adolescents. You don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> and I know some people were great. So what we know about the brain is what the brain experiences it learns. I see it, I be it. So what a lot of our young people are playing is games... That are interactive? Well, that are violent, who drive cars, and they don't necessarily do ram raids, but they get in their cars and they drive fast and they outrun police and they do crimes and they shoot people and they kill people and they do this and then they do all these things and you get this massive, man, that's fun, that's fun, and you survive every time because you just go regenerate and have the next game. Mm. So if you do that again 
and again and again oh, in a day, yeah. your brain goes, man, getting in a car and driving fast is fun. This yeah. adrenaline rush is massive. And what we do know, not for all kids, but a lot of them, they get to the point where that's not that much fun anymore. We want to go and do it in real life. Because like that's going to, it's a drug. We yeah. get tolerable. We get yeah. to, uh, tolerance. So we need to increase the dose of that drug. So, and also the outcomes wow. on the computer are not, you don't see someone getting hurt. So I often said, like, if you're in the playground with, we used to play shoot 'em up games and stuff like that and used to, you know, all that sort of stuff. But if you ran around, you're like, oh, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, and then you fell over, I'm all of a sudden like, oh, no, oh, no, you okay? Because I've seen you getting hurt. Does that happen on our games? No. Does that ever happen on our games that we actually have to stop and think, oh, I've hurt someone? Uh-oh, I've done something bad. Yeah. No. There's no empathy built into these games because they no don't want real. it. There's no real. Mm. If you were doing that again and again and again, day after day after day, you become desensitised. We know this. We can wow. see this in the brain. Wow. So so you take someone who's I don't like what you're saying, by the way. I don't like it either. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. But if yeah. we don't talk about it and we don't understand it, I mean, people say, like oh, it's that. fine. Our kids are on games. It's just imaginary. It's just a game. Actually, we know that when the brain does it enough, it's more likely to do it. You are more likely, if you put a gun in the hand of someone who has been playing those games against someone who hasn't, they are more likely to shoot earlier. It's just because the brain has done it so many times, it's not a big thing to do. Yeah. So what, I've done it a hundred times. Yeah. And so the brain goes, I've done it before. Whereas for me, I'd be like, whoa, like my son was just playing a game the other day and it was just a zombie game. Like he just, and he showed it, he goes, oh, look at this. And I went, oh gosh. And I'm not a prude, but I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch that. It makes me feel yuck because he goes, it's just zombies, mum. And there's blood splatting out of me. You know, like I can't, I have this yeah. visceral thing. It's like, oh, someone's just died. Yeah. And he's going, pow, 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 pow. yeah. Now you take him and me and you put us in a situation where we might make an instant decision to do something violent, it is more likely his brain will go, well, that's okay. Uh, plus the fact that his brain is still growing. Especially in the adolescent years, yeah. yeah. And he hasn't got that capacity to really think about the consequence from action. So I, I don't have the same reaction to our Ram Raiders as most people do. I say, and I'm not going to, but I want to give them a cuddle, right? You know, like yeah, I... Yeah. I, 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 I and, and, and people go, what? And I'm like, what can we do? And this youth worker that I heard, that's how we change this. We get mm. those people in there and we get those people talking to them, we get those people connecting with them, and we fund those people and we support those people. Yeah. Not the psychologists, not the um, assessors and all that sort of stuff. We get those people who are going to connect and, and be with our kids and be those mentors and be those youth advocates. We get them in there and we give them time to, to validate these young people and connect with them and create something positive in their lives. And that's how we might change the, the trajectory of these yeah. kids' worlds. And the thing is with that, that person you're talking about, they understand that world, eh? Yep. They're connected to that world. Even, even, you know, when I go back up north and stuff and I look at some of the wonderful work that our health providers are doing, even around COVID with, uh, with vaccinations, they know those people. They know, oh, that family's probably not going to get the vaccination, but we'll get them next week, you know, or whatever. They they are connected. as. A, but when you talk about um, the academics, I mean, it's it's got to be, it's got to be, uh, we have to be allies, eh? With oh, the knowledge, the science, yes. and, and the people who can deliver appropriately to get the most cut through. 100%. So I see I, I, I'm an academic, right? And that's yeah. why we're here together so we can bounce off each other. I'm an academic and I'm a book learner. 
I, I don't have a learned life of, of trauma or all that sort of stuff. I um, have a academic learned. And I am really valuable yep. to train groups. Totally. I'm totally valuable to go in and train schools and all that sort of stuff, and that's what I do. But what I 100% know that I am not going to do is I'm not going to go in and deliver a program to tamariki who have had um, trauma. I'm not going to walk in, work with them, or walk out again and think that I'm going to make any difference whatsoever. Now, if I had six months, ten months, and I wanted to get to know these kids, I would spend that time to do it. But why? I can walk in and I can identify someone in that space that already has a relationship. And I generalizingly, they will not have letters behind their names. Certainly not as many as I have, right? Or, with respect, look like you. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, well, eh? and, and that's exactly why I'm not the person to go in. <laughs> and you look great. You know, yeah. we could do TV. You and I could do TV. You look fantastic. Exactly. But yeah. Oh, and that kid this? looks at me and I'm not the right person. Yeah. I, they don't feel safe with me. She's they not don't... my auntie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and I would have to prove again and again yeah, yeah, and again yeah. that I was. So what I do is I acknowledge my role and my role is sitting here teaching. Yeah either the relationships or the people who will then support the relationships. But what I know is it's not my space to get down on the floor and play with them. It's not my space to do that dosing relational stuff because I could wave at one of these kids or say, you know, good morning, and they look at me going, who's that? Oh, yeah. And you could walk through, one of the mentors can walk through, give them the chair, and they're like, oh, I Mm. feel good. And so we need to respect where my academic book learning my knowledge is valuable and it is yes but it is not in the interaction now what we do have is we have a lot of people who are hugely academic and yeah. are in there doing that mahi yeah, and yeah. doing that play therapy and doing all that sort of stuff and it's great and if you can get the two but i promise you the people that i am supporting we've got a beautiful project in Porirua east the people i'm supporting there <laughs> are a hundred times more effective yeah. than i would be in that space and I support them, and I don't know these kids. I've never met any of the kids that are in our project because yeah. I am not going to get into that space. That's not my space. Yeah, My space is here. Your space is there. And if we work together and support each other, that's great. But let's know where yeah, our which, space is. Where, which lanes. Stick yeah, to your yeah, knitting, yeah. man. Stick to your knitting. And I think and, yeah. in the past some institutions, some government institutions, have not recognised that fully, and they've been the wrong people in the wrong lane sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and, and, and it's really hard because, man, it cost me a lot of money to get my degree, my master's, yeah. right? A lot of time. Um, it gives me a lot of status when I talk, you know, I don't talk about having my master's and stuff like that, but it could, you know, like it gives me this. So I want that to mean something. And be of, of, of value <laughs> and worth. Yes. Yeah. And so I need to recognise, um, yeah, where I am in that space. And our systems are still in um, recognition recognising the wrong spaces at times. Yeah. And one of the, the project I just mentioned that we're doing in Porirua East is the initial funding was for trained um, counsellors to come in and work with our tamariki who had found the COVID time really traumatising. Right. Um, and they were. They were having ongoing effects for this. And we refused that funding because we didn't want external people to come in and then walk away. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And all respect to people like that, if you've got young people who can access their green brain, can talk about things. So if I want to go and get a psychologist or a counsellor, I can. Because I'll sit with them and I'll go, you know what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking yeah. this. Can you help me with my thoughts, you know? Yeah. Our kids aren't saying that. Yeah. 
So we refused that funding. What we did is we created a different set of funding and we've now been extended that funding. Puriroa City Council has extended our funding because it's working so well. It's amazing. Oh, it's the most cool project. And we are increasing the capacity, the time. We're paying our um, kaiārahi more money to spend time sitting, playing, connecting, validating our young people every day, every day. And when I'm not there, which I'm not, that's still going on. And when our project finishes even, those people are still in the community. They're in the supermarkets. They're in the play, uh, down They're at the, coach the soccer team or the league see? team. And this is what we need to do. I need to know that my expertise yeah, good. is valuable, but not in the one-on-one space, not in that connection space. Because I don't, like you said, I'm not the right person to connect with most of the people that I'm wanting to support in mm. that space. So it's just about valuing that. But we, but, but seeing that, and this is this project that we're starting right at the grassroots, right at the beginning, and we are getting massive changes already. And the Kayati is saying to me, but Catherine, we're just playing. What are we, we haven't, we, yeah. Where do we get to the work? And I'm like, you are doing the work. Yeah. Do you yeah. see this? Do you see? And we're changing these kids and they're being able to resist jumping into fights. Um, they are able to talk in class now. They're oh, able and to... their, their, their day is full of colour, of learning, of appreciation, of being honoured. And I'm sorry, I have to pull out one of my parenting place quotes. Rules without relationships can lead to rebellion. Uh-huh. And you're talking about people who have got... So I see you as... Um, as you being the fuel for these fighter pilots to go out there, and uh, you fill them, you fill them up emotionally and skill wise, and they go out there and do the mucky. Mm-hmm. And the big part is those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, honour them. Yeah, honour them. But you, sh- but there's no um, certification, master's degree. Ah, right. In relationships, right? And I have to be honest, I did my six years of educational psychology. It was quite a long time ago, so it may have changed. But never once did I sit with a child. Never once did I sit with a child, interact with a child, and get, um, you know, get my pass grade for can I relate to a child? Never. That that wasn't. How does that make you feel? <laughs> it makes me feel like I I am a parent and I can, I, but I still don't think I'm that good at at relating to kids. I don't think I wouldn't walk in and do it because I'm no, I'm not good. Yeah, but because kids the, are different. Yeah, because I've got the qualifications. I might think I am. Yeah, I've got the qualifications. Yeah. I might think that's my role. I'm able to reflect on myself and know that I'm not. But we get these qualifications. But what we've got is these people working in our spaces, in our um, volunteer spaces, going out, like you said, to meet the whānau and doing this plunket sort of in this um, space uh, situations where they connect with the whānau each day or at least once a week and stuff like that. They are significantly more likely to be making the difference um, because they're connecting. But no one gives you a master's degree in how well you can connect. We don't get a grade in that. And it's such an integral part of the whole process and should be honoured and valued. I was in a community in the South Island and I was doing a presentation and my own story uh, about grief. And there was was real grief in this community. And um, the only way I could connect was to tell my story about grief to these people. And that's what you're talking about is, 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 is being able to stand in somebody else's shoes To I'm not sure if this – are we an empathetic nation? Oh, some people if – you, if you read our um, Facebook comments, the, uh, especially around – I wouldn't want to be the all-black coach. Exactly. That's not empathic. That's not yeah. empathic in any way. And the more we do that online, the more we keyboard warrior and we say those things, the more likely we're about to blurt something out like that in real life. Again, what you know, what we see is what we'll be. 
And and I one day one day if I get my first um, feedback that is um, not so nice to me. I would like to find out where that person resides and yeah. I will knock on the door and say, could you say that to my face? Yeah. Um, because if you are going to write something online, you need to be able to say it to your face and all those people that are feeding back information um, to our dear coach, um, would they say it to his face? He yeah. is a human being. He is, yeah. a, he is a man yeah. um, doing his job. Yeah. And, I, and unless you are perfect... You don't get to yeah. decide what uh, how, and you can have your comments. Yeah. You can and have I'm your respectful comments. And I'm not a huge fan of the guys, but I don't We've know them. about that. Yeah, nor yeah. Am I? yeah. But respectfully, yeah, I would put I would put why, and I would put my reasons behind it, and would I put why I disagree with what he's doing. Yeah. But I would never do that non-empathic stuff. And there's a line that we're crossing. Yeah. And more and more yeah, and more and more because it's being okay. You can do it online. There's no comeback. Yeah. I did it. It felt better. It empowered me. I got to say that, yeah. and so I feel better. But actually, where does it land? If you'd done it to his face and yeah. seen his face, yeah, and and felt what he felt, you wouldn't do it again. Or, or it was a two way conversation. Yes. Yeah. And he gave you feedback on what you do, but do you <laughs> see, we wouldn't do it because we'd get that immediate feedback. And this is what we're not doing. We're not sitting with people being in that space. We're we're we're, we're insulting being non empathic with no feedback. Yeah. And it makes it easier and easier and easier and easier. Yeah. And, and yeah. 20 minutes I brought up the, the C word, COVID, and um, it's not an excuse. COVID has amplified that way of living and communicating, not face-to-face. Absolutely. But we have to go, well, okay, um, hopefully things are coming right for us. So any opportunity to get our behaviour back on track and the behaviour of our whānau. And when we say the word whānau, when we're, it's a Māori word. We're not talking about Māori whānau. We're talking about everybody. Oh, um, I, yeah. I, we're whānau. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. connections, those people that are your important people in your world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's really important that we do get back to those things that matter mm-hmm. and create the right places and spaces and behaviour, I think. Yeah, and we're only going to do that by stopping being so judgmental and reactionary. Yeah. Stop and breathe and ask How's this going to affect somebody else? Yeah, because really, I was waiting for that phone call to coach the All Blacks because I know more than everybody else (laughs) and I don't mind sitting on my computer and throwing (laughs) crap at people. You know, it's unbelievable, eh? Yeah. Pure. A vote for pure is a vote for the World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're running out of time. Yeah, on Uh, that note, I think we should leave it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. But always cool to talk, always cool to... um, you know, and, and what I like about these podcasts, it's not just about having answers or having opinions. It's about creating conversations. So. Okay. That's what we want to do. By the way, we're, we're, we're just shooting from the hip and we're what we're thinking. But I, I, I want to just start flipping a, yeah. the conversation. Let's start asking what happened to you rather than what's wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's your story? And I don't shoot from the hip. I've got notes. No. <laughs> okay. Kia ora, kid. Good to talk to you. Awesome. Aroha nui.